Welcome, folks, to another episode of Space Flicks. Here we have the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. We are like, say, the newsreaders of space telling this distant astronaut the goings-on here on Earth. And yes, we do if, it at great length. the only length. kind of news the astronaut cared about was cinema news. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and specific- by cinema news... <laughs> I mean, just reviews of right. specific movies. Is it clear I don't understand the difference between news and opinions? Right. Uh, well, it's news in as much as here is news. This movie it came out. Um, yep. It's not very timely news. We often review movies that came out a month ago or more, mm-hmm. as is the case today, where uh, if you didn't pick up on it, we're talking about News of the World, starring Tom Hanks, Mm -hmm. and also a girl named, I guess, Helena Zengel. Is that the girl? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, I would say they're they're the stars of the film. Yes. Uh, Directed by Paul Greengrass, and out on, is this on a streaming service? I I, I think I just rented it through Google or something. I think it, I believe it's on Netflix now. Uh, oh, you know I what? Think, I think it's on Netflix only internationally. Does that sound right? Oh, I, I read. I read they they got. Waters. Yeah, they did like their international distribution through Netflix or something like that. But this is one of those. You know, this is one of those. Every studio is kind of figuring out what the heck they're doing in during this global pandemic, and I think a lot of studios, a lot of movies are still coming out in theaters, but then they're sort of very quickly right moving onto right. streaming, you know, or making it available digitally somehow. Yeah. So well, I think that's like, the case with this. I think this came out in theaters in, in like November or December, but became available for streaming within a month of that. Yeah. When it, I mean, so this movie came out on Christmas day, 2020. That's right. And when a Tom Hanks movie makes, you know, I'm guessing something on the order of like, like one million dollars. Well, I was gonna guess like six <laughs> digits of dollars, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, then it's like, oh, maybe we should. Uh, oh, yeah. It looks like collectively it has made uh, twelve million dollars, eleven nine. That's something. That's right? something. But for a movie that probably cost, you know, more than that, many multiples of that to make, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we should probably uh, get this to a a place that can pay us for it because yeah, ticket, bu- ticket buying moviegoers will not. It's funny. I, ass- I assume that just about every movie that's coming out is losing money. So it's, it's the game or, or the challenge, the goal, the commercial goal, I think for studios has become like, how do we lose as little money as possible? You know? Right. Right. Like it's, it's kind of hard to imagine that a movie made, and coming out in tw- late 2020 or early 2021 is profiting at, at all. Right. I mean, maybe it happens, but uh, yeah. Anyway, enough about the commercial prospects of this film. Uh, let's talk about expectations. I, w- I feel like you're not a Paul Greengrass fan. Is that true? <laughs> uh, or- well, before we talk about my fandom of Paul Greengrass or lack thereof, I am going to read the synopsis of the film so those who may not have seen it know what the movie is at least about. A Civil War veteran agrees to deliver a girl 
taken by the Kiawa people years ago to her aunt and uncle against her will. They travel hundreds of miles and face grave dangers as they search for a place that either can call home. Either can call home. There you go. It's a little bit of a I giveaway. Noticed, I noticed a little bit of... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I noticed a little bit of um, Mulholland Drive... This is the girl creeping into pre- your voice there. That was precisely the reference I was nice. making. Thank nice, nice. I nailed it. Thank you for picking it up. Okay, Adam, now you can tell us how you feel about Paul Greengrass or more generally what your expectations of this movie were. Um, am I a Paul Greengrass uh, fan? Uh, no, I mean, m- meaning I don't, I, I, I don't purposely seek out his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean I avoid it uh, for any particular reason. Um, I will say that his style of filmmaking, I find to be, I don't know, just a little less watchable. Uh, so Paul Greengrass for the, for those who don't know, often chooses to use a very sort of shaky handheld style. Uh, this was most, um, most well-known, I think in the born supremacy or the born identity. Right. Mm-hmm. Or actually, sorry, no, to be clear, not the Born Identity. He did not direct the Born Identity. The other like ones. Subsequent Born movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, movies like Bloody Sunday. And I think there's a very sort of documentary feel to his films. It sort of has this you are there quality to it. Mm-hmm. But as um, just a weak person, uh, I, I find myself like, disoriented and a little bit like nauseated by the filmmaking. Right. It's sort of like, Oh, I'm just too, like I'm, it's too much jitter. I re- li- well, it, it, it's, I feel like, didn't we review, um, what was it? American splendor. Is that the name? No, not American no, splendor. No, um, American a, something. American. The Tom Cruise movie, right? Made? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and I remember that was one. I feel like we reviewed that on this podcast. I, we, maybe we didn't, we, but we saw that movie. But we yes. saw it together, and I remember you kind of like slumping in your chair at one point, <laughs> just being like, "I can't, I can't deal." With well, this. that movie had the added sort of difficulty of we happened to be in the very front row. That's that true. One. If okay, we were like six enough. or seven rows back, I'm sure I would have been better off. But like, so you know, I, I, it's funny. Um, a mo- like Adam, I have a long history of uh, becoming <laughs> nauseated in actiony movies. Same thing happened to me many, many years ago when we saw District Nine, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a movie where I was like loving it despite my physical like reaction to the movie being like to feel sick. Yeah, right? I was like, this is so great. I don't. <laughs> I also don't feel very good. Um. So, uh, so that's sort of the, the thing with Paul Greengrass. It's not, I, I have nothing against him as, you know, a craftsman or a person who is, um, thinking through like interesting stories and that's obviously his choices are his to make. It's more just like for what that, uh, that particular sort of choice that he has a tendency to make, uh, often sort of is, is something that distracts me from enjoying the film. Okay. Uh, but this, so as far as this movie then was, uh, I was a little bit nervous about that. Uh, but also I was watching, I'm watching it on the small screen 
And so I'm not mm. as worried about, you know, being less dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can ride the roller coaster from the safety of my couch. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so that, so that was like in the plus column. Uh, I like Westerns, which this seemed to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, I am skeptical of main ca- children, like as main characters, <laughs> Mm -hmm. along it's sort of like "Eh, is this gonna you know we're gonna have to just like go with the fact that one of the greatest actors of all time in the form of tom hanks is acting next to a 12 year old Mm -hmm. right um and so but all all told uh i was excited for it i like tom hanks i like it when he um is playing sort of a, a persevering everyman right um and there's something very touching about the prospect of, uh, you know, one man trying to do the right thing in this difficult world. Right. Yep. Uh, so very American. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very, uh, so I was looking forward to it. All right. Um, I guess I'll, I'll share my expectations. I would say I didn't really have many. I, I, to be honest, Paul Greengrass is one of those names that, uh, you know, if I see there's a new film by Paul Greengrass, I'm like, I know of that director, but I don't really have a strong impression of like his style or I think I would have to remind myself even, you know, like you said, the born ultimatum, the born supremacy, those are, um, those are probably the ones I would name, but I'm not sure I've even seen those movies. So, um, so I didn't have a lot of expectations, I guess, going in. I think the main expectation I had was, you know, Tom Hanks this is a Tom Hanks movie. I think he generally, you know, I guess I didn't see uh, whatever it was, Angels and Demons or the the latter like sort of uh, Da Vinci Code, you know, stuff, yeah, films, um, which I just assume weren't very good. But for the most part, I think Tom Hanks, you know, his his caliber of work, the movies he appears in tend to be above average, I would say, Um yeah. Largely because of his star power. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to do, uh, he doesn't need to do films that aren't, um, good, you know, and yeah. he can, and he can most, I think that primarily, you know, at his level, I assume that people are just largely being picky about who they work with. You know, like if you're an A-list actor, you can just work with, um, you can just choose to work with really respected directors and writers and so forth and producers. So, uh, yeah, I expected, uh, like at least an above average, (laughs) uh, movie. The premise looked, I think this is not the sort of film, like the sort of setting or genre that I'm necessarily that excited for, but at the same time, I think I hadn't seen, you know, like a film taking place in, in this time period, in a while it's sort of it's sort of like oh this will be nice you know kind of like change it up haven't watched a civil war era (laughs) like old american kind of tale uh in some time and uh and also this formula of you know man protecting girl like child Mm -hmm. who comes under his um you know, into his care uh, yeah. with that, uh, unintentionally on his part yeah. is this, one that sometimes works great. You know, like I, I, 
I feel like it's worked well for me. I really liked the Denzel Washington movie, Man on Fire, I remember, uh-huh. yeah. which is exactly the same. You know? Right. Um, so it all seemed promising. You know, the ingredients were all there. So I was looking forward to it. Uh, but I did, did definitely didn't expect greatness, I will say. Right. Um, yeah, the, the lone wolf and cub sort of like construction is reliably good. And mm-hmm. as a, you know, uh, a dad with a kid, it's sort of like I'm just innately like interested in like protecting the kid. Right. Yeah. It's just sort of like, yeah. yep, that's a thing that like a resp- like a person should do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. I, and I think part of the appeal of the wanting to spend two hours in this world was like, man, it sure is like wide open. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, look at those vistas. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, nothing but horizon as far as the eye can see. And, uh, you know, when I th- and that's just a very like welcome contrast to like my living room walls. <laughs> right. Right. So there's just that vicar- vicarious uh, experience of the great of the great frontier that yeah. that alone was appealing to you. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing that really I like about Westerns as a genre, and I, I generally expect this and I feel like this movie did not disappoint in this regard is because it's this sort of lawless realm, right? Mm-hmm. Like in both in time and geography, um, there's a, there's a moment in, uh, this is not a Western obviously, but like a moment in dark Knight rises, mm-hmm. right? Where Bane, <laughs> Bane says, uh, you know, do you feel in charge? Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you realize that like we're in it, we're entering into a different world. This is a world where like political or power on paper is meaningless. Right. right. And that we're sort of in a might makes right. And, you know, yeah. like g- golden rule who you, he who has the gold makes the rules kind of like <laughs> situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I sort of like that about Westerns because it forces you to realize like there's nobody coming to save you. There's nobody, there's no greater force that's out here to protect you. You mm-hmm. have to figure it out now mm-hmm. with what you have available mm-hmm. to you. And that sort of makes it, um, as a film goer, there's no like secret information that the characters have, right? right. It's like right. they are, they have to, they can see the same things on the screen that you can see. They're making yep. do with this. And good Westerns do a good job of like reminding you, it's like he's got five bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's got this much hard tack and what, you know, whatever stuff yeah, they have it's, it's, to survive. You've got your wits and whatever like material objects you have with you. And that's right. kind of your, that's your kit, right? Yeah. Your survival right. kit. Right. Um, yeah. You know, that, that made me just think of, have you ever seen like a clip of Malcolm Gladwell talking about his like framework for, He's got like the Western, the Eastern, the Northern and the Southern. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen this. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be able to reproduce it because I don't remember exactly what each one is, but look, you can look it up later. It's like a really interesting way of categorizing like sort of high level narrative, you know, structures where I guess it it just, what you said reminded me of it because I, I, I do sort of remember that the Western was like, there is no law and mm-hmm. the hero is like is trying to you know do what's right in this lawless world and then i think the eastern 
I think was like when the law is is actually the force of bad uh-huh. and the and the and the good you know the hero is is like the lawless one but trying to like do right within to like a system where the law is wrong yeah right um and uh anyway it's something like that but then there's like then he's got the northern and the southern which is just a funny a funny like breakdown of how stories tend to fall into one of these uh, archetypes anyway interesting yeah uh yeah i agree with you about the western and i agree with you that this movie does a good job with it so what what is your overall takeaway from this movie so you're you're um you were looking it sounds like we were both looking forward to it neither of us was like you know on the edge of our seats just like couldn't wait for this movie to come out but we both had high hopes for it what did you think of it uh i enjoyed it uh i feel like in some ways i could have told you what the movie was about and like what was going to happen in the plot before i yeah. clicked play mm-hmm. um uh a little predictable and, yeah. yeah um and you know if uh like I literally would have said with an eye roll before, if you said like, what's the major like theme of this movie going to be? And I would have like buried my head in my, my face in my hands. And I would have said something like, Oh, I don't know the healing power of stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh huh. And like, lo and behold, and sure enough, I think yeah. that's kind of what the movie's about. Right. Um, now that being said, Tom Hanks is charming, right? The, mm-hmm it's a well done film. And so I'm not, I w- I'm not mad to have for that to have been the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of like, it's kind of like a, a situation where you feel like the characters generally, this is in the case of like, uh, like a, a horror or a thriller when like, man, these characters are dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't, how do I see everything that's going to happen before they do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that way a little bit in this movie about sort of the, oh, okay. the, the f- conclusion of the film. It's like, it's like, come on, Tom Hanks, <laughs> come on, captain oh, kid, you yeah, know yeah. how this is going to go. Right. Like right. don't, why are we going through all this stuff? All the things that we sort of praised, uh, uh, sound of metal for not doing, it's like, sure. Hey, sound of metal. Good job. Not doing the boring plot choice that like, mm-hmm. um, we would just feel like we're marking time until we get through it. I feel like this movie had like several of those, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, I get it, right? You're gonna give yeah. the you're gonna give the girl to your friend, but your friend's not gonna be able to keep her, right? Yeah, yeah, that kind it, of this stuff. this movie feels to me a little bit like, you know, there's I, I won't I won't name examples because I'd be I would struggle pointlessly to think of the right you know perfect example, but I think. There's a lot of movies that kind of follow a formula, but what, but there's always like the first one you saw that follows Mm -hmm. that formula and it'll hold a special place in your heart because it wasn't formula. It wasn't cliched for you the first time you saw it. Right. Cause it was the first time. Right. And, um, this movie feels to me almost like it was made to fill fit in that space. Like, it might be the movie that you like that, that represents this formula, you know? Right. And right. it could be if if it if it finds itself in that place for you, then you will 
like it quite a lot. It'll be this sort of comforting movie that you could probably rewatch, you know, um, just like for nostalgia or whatever. But for me, as someone who's seen basically this movie before, <laughs> you know, right. in different forms, and I think most people who watch a good amount of movies would, would also be in that boat. It's sort of, yeah, it's just a little too predictable and formulaic because it doesn't it doesn't feel like it adds a whole lot, you know, to the pantheon uh, that's that you might have already seen before. Um, is this so, a Tom? Is this like a Tom Hanks problem? Like he's so tied with being this like good person. And in some ways, like the behavior of good people is mm-hmm. boring and predictable because it's like, well, the right moral choice is pretty straightforward, you know? And it's like, so that's the choice he's going to make, right? Yeah, well, I think so. I think, I think yes, it is a bit of a Tom Hanks problem, but I don't think it's just that good people are, you know, their behavior is boring. I actually think so, something that to me is a good thing that you actually see probably more of in like superhero movies or like something like that where you've got like a hero, you know, is a hero is supposed to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Like a Superman is obviously by definition basically good. So how do you make the story interesting? By posing like very difficult moral dilemmas for a for a good person, you know? Right like choose or like Batman, right? It's like choose between in the dark night. What is it? Choose between your girlfriend or the Harvey Dent. Attorney, yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically it's like, it's impossible for you to save both. So right. you can't just be good and do the good thing. You have to make a really difficult choice. So, but I don't think Tom Hanks does a lot of movies like that. <laughs> It's right. more it's more like you're a good person and here's a girl who needs a protector. So you can either abandon her <laughs> or protect right. her. <laughs> what are you going right. to do? Right. It's like, well, I'm a good person, so I'm going to do the only choice. You know, it's funny. Um, this is kind of a weird connection to make, but there's a there's a John Mulaney joke. The comedian John Mulaney has a joke about King Solomon, mm-hmm. how uh how like this, you know, there's this story in the Bible about how Solomon, you know, two women claim to be the mother of this baby. And King Solomon's like, we will cut the baby in half and each of you can take one half. And then one woman is like, sure. <laughs> and then the other woman is says, no, don't cut the baby in half. And he's like, ah, you must be the true mother. <laughs> and he's just like, but any normal person would tell you not to cut a baby in half. <laughs> you know, it's right. sort of like that's that's kind of what this this kind of setup of a story like this reminds me of where right. it's, you know, he's just not a horrible person. So he's not going to leave a girl to just die, you know, completely right. on her own in the wilderness in this like harsh world where if someone else were to come along, they very well might murder her or like sell her as a slave or something, you know? So it's like, this doesn't necessarily make me like a saint. I just don't want to let that happen to this kid. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I'm so, not an out and out monster. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the bar. Yeah. So, 
You you could be right. I mean, I think I would agree with you that it's a Tom Hanks problem in that for the most part, and I don't know if it's a chick, this might be a bit of a chicken or egg issue. Like maybe those are the parts that, that come to him, you know? Right. Cause people, that's what people want to see Tom Hanks be, or it might be something with how he selects his projects, you know, just like, this is the kind of character I want to play. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's I, exceptions, but I think, yeah, there's definitely a, there's a trend for sure. Yeah. I mean, far be it for me to sort of pretend like I can divine what's going on in the brain of Tom Hanks, but it's like his characters typically, not always, but typically are like these very moral people, you know, who have like clear sense of right and wrong sometimes in a, you know, morally difficult world. But, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm just looking at past several roles. I'm going to cherry pick a few, right? You got News of the World, Greyhound, where he's like a World War II, but you like boat captain, right? Mm-hmm. Ship captain. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Fred Rogers. Toy Story 4, Woody. The Post, Ben Bradley. Time for us to hold powerful people accountable, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, got some, you got, and then uh, probably the one role, I actually didn't see this movie. You let me know if you did. The Circle? No. You seen The see Circle? It. I think he's the bad guy in that mm. movie. I think it's like, oh, we're an evil corporation that's monitoring your behavior. Who could fathom such a thing, right? Mm. Um, Sully, pilot, heroic pilot, right? Yep. Uh, Bridge of Spies, right? You know, uh, yeah. Walt, and then he played literally Walt Disney in Saving Mr. Bank. It's just sort of like there's, you know, there's not a ton of variety in these roles. He's just mostly the same guy again yeah. and again. And don't get me wrong, like I think most of us, myself included, really like that guy. Yeah, you know? that's why he's no, that's why he's the star that he is, I think. Right. And I think I think in some ways, like the best Tom Hanks role is a role like um Jimmy Dugan in A League of Their Own or mm-hmm. uh Mr. White in That Thing You Do, where it's like he um is ultimately like a moral good person, but likes sort of pretending mm-hmm. like he's callous like he's not and, so good. and cruel right yep. like that's i think the the tom hanks that we love the most mm-hmm. is like like the funny sarcastic one but it's but it's also like but deep down you yeah. got a heart of gold can't hide it right right um and so in that regard i i feel bad for for tom hanks because i mean this sounds ridiculous you know me saying i feel bad for tom hanks but like uh but because like he's at the same time he's giving us what we want Right. Captain Kidd is this guy who doesn't want to shepherd uh, this girl around the Wild West and take her to her German aunt and uncle. Uh, But and so he's like gruff and not super happy about it, but he'll do it because it's the right thing to do. And by the end, he's clearly got a heart of gold. Right. And it's like he's giving us what we want. But then at the same time, here I am sort of whining Right. It's like, oh, it's another Tom Hanks thing. 
Well, I didn't think you were whining. I think, I think it's just, you know, for me, the way I think of it is I've talked before about sort of, you know, movies, what they aspire to be, like how, how high are they reaching? And this, this movie to me is not reaching all that high. It's like sort of delivering what it's trying to deliver, which is, you know, I don't know, compare it to say a movie like Tenet, which is trying to like blow your mind. Right. (laughs) Right. right. Like, um, I think, I think, you know, Tenet has flaws for sure as movies like of that kind of level of, of, uh, ambition inevitably do. But, um, but for me, you know, a movie, there's plenty of movies that probably have more flaws than this one does, Mm -hmm. I would say, but are just way better. Like for me, because, because they shoot, you know, they're, 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 they're shooting for the, what's, what's the expression? For the stars? Yeah. They're shooting for the stars. Something like that. Um, and, you know, and their and their, you know, their high points far exceed the high points of this movie. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I don't think this movie takes any like has any major missteps. It's more just a lack of ambition. Like, you know, yeah. the writer sat down to write this movie was probably just sort of already knew all the all the main points they wanted to hit and kind of liked the you know, liked the premise of this, this occupation, you know, a guy who goes around and reads the news yeah, and just, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably being really unfair to whoever wrote this movie, but it feels like it was probably just like a breezy afternoon, <laughs> just writing, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure it took more effort than that, but you get what I'm saying. Like I I, do. it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like somebody sat down and was like, this is going to be my magnum opus. You know, this was um, based on a novel by a lady named Paulette Giles. Uh, oh, see, now that's interesting, because if it's a novel, I could imagine, I mean, I, without reading it, I who knows, but I could imagine that, like, the, the, the depth of the characters could matter a lot more, you know, and could be, like, the whole point of the book. Right. I think right. In, a, in a movie that lasts two hours, it's, you know, the acting is fine, but it's... It's sort of, you, you know, you sit down and read a novel over the course of however many days, you can form much more, I feel like, of a, of a three-dimensional and very nuanced view of, like, the characters. Right. And the story can just be, like, a structure to give you an opportunity to, to experience these kind of, these creations of the author, you know? Um. So I don't know. I'm just speculating. Maybe it's a terrible novel, <laughs> but right. if it's, if it's really good, I bet it has more to do with that than, you know, the plot say. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read the novel, so I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's one of those, um, it's one of those things where because it's, it's a novel, like, and generally speaking, novels are capable of diving a little bit deeper into like the, inner workings of a person's mind more so than this movie, which is a very sort of, um, you know, like plot driven film. They have to go from point A to point B to point C to like get to where they need to go. Mm -hmm. And every stop they make, there's some little adventure that has to happen. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, to your, to your point, you wonder if 
it's one of those things where the whatever sort of additional depth the novel adds, right? The movie is able to sort of um the movie can almost convince itself like it possesses the same depth because it's the same story, but mm-hmm. it's like just because you've got all the same events doesn't mean yeah. that you've necessarily captured like what's going on in the book. But that we're sort of making a bunch of conjecture based on a book that neither of us has read. So I reckon right. we should probably move I mean, on from this line of inquiry. <laughs> but we should. I mean, that's a that is a common thing to happen with movies, though, right? Like a book, a beloved book is turned into a two hour movie and people who watch the movie. Who have read the book are like, oh, it, it sort of doesn't have that same, you know, magic yeah. or whatever. And then people who haven't read the book are just like, that movie was fine. Right. <laughs> it's sort right. of like, I don't know why they made it. Um, yeah. I think for me, I agree with you that we're just speculating, obviously, since neither of us have read it. But I think for me, part of why I'm sp- open to this line of speculation is I'm like, if it, it's almost weird that this was based on a book, given how formulaic it is, you know, yeah. it's like, what was this book <laughs> right? Uh, that they decided to make a movie? It seems like there, it ha- there has to be more to the book than just this story, because otherwise it would be like, yeah, I mean, you, you could say it's based on a book. You could also just say it's based on 50 other movies, <laughs> you know, right? Right. it's, it's a very generic story. So I don't know, kind of weird that it's based on a book anyway. Um, I don't think we want to spend a ton of time on, uh, on themes, but, uh, but you, the you healing already, power of stories. Yeah, you are, you already mentioned that one theme. So that to you, that's the theme of the film. The healing. No, power I don't of even stories. know. I mean, um, I think you know. I think in some ways that's like what it wants to think it's about. I don't know that it actually is. Um, I do think uh, it's another movie in the long tradition of you know the family you choose. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to the family you're born into. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause they like, I'm sort of spoiling things. I don't, in some ways I feel like if you don't see this coming, like you've never seen a movie before. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, he, he grows fond of this girl <laughs> and she grows fond of him and yes. they become, and they become one another's adopted family. Right. And that's yeah. like, um, and it's this balm for both of them, right? Both of them mm-hmm. have lost their, what family they had in sort of sad, you know, terrible ways. And, and this at least gives them sort of a way to find happiness with one another in a father daughter relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think, uh, that that's the, it takes a very circuitous route to get there, which is sort of the only route it could take. Um, but I think that's one of the other big, things that I noticed was just sort of the, the development of the adoptive adoptive family. Yeah. I think going into that too, I would also say the, um, you know, like kind of recovering from grief, um, letting, letting someone into your heart after (laughs) loss, um, you know, which is something they both deal with. She's lost her family. He's lost his, um, and so, of course, over the course of the movie, it's like they sort of both are guarded, you know, trying to trying to survive in that in the aftermath of, of being alone because of having lost loved ones. And uh, and they have to, like, warm up to each other and and mm-hmm. 
you know, find, find meaningful relationship with each other after loss. So that feels like another theme of it. I mean, I would say there, this is all very predictable, right? It's, it's like, he's going to take care of her, but find out that she's also sort of taking care of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it all kind of goes, I think that all kind of goes together. Just the, finally the need to, you know, the very human need to be needed and to be, be important to someone. Right. Right. Um, I also think the movie does, uh, make an interesting argument for, um, in this sort of crooked, cruel world, right. That maybe one of the only ways for like decent people to get through it is to band together and mm. aim to like rely on each other. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like that's sort of a recurring bit throughout the film is like they find themselves in tight spots and the only way that they get out of it is by both sort of like adding something to the other person's understanding or arsenal that allows them to, you know, find tools and advantages in ways they didn't have them before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, that was, I think generally if the fundamental background of most Westerns is like, this is a lawless country, right? Um, there's no law in this town. Uh, this particular movie's rebuttal to that is, yeah, okay, that's true. And so the way that we are going to get through this is by, you know, relying on, on each other, which is, again, pretty trite, but also, like, effective. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Um, okay, well, should we just get on to best parts of the movie? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do it. So let's talk about some of the highlights. Uh, I'll go first. I think I'm, I think one of the scenes surely that you're referring to, uh, in what you were just saying is the scene when they're basically on the run, I guess you Mm -hmm. could say from these kind of criminal guys, don't know exactly what this, these guys deal is, but they're, they're clearly bad guys and they're after her. They're, they're after her, I think to basically like sell her. Right. Yes. Um, I, they, yeah. They, they, they want to like kidnap her. They want to like take her from him and they want to human traffic her. Is what yeah. And then they can do, make yeah. money off of her. Um, so they're pursuing them and, and she basically, he runs out of ammunition, uh, yeah. And all he's got left is birdshot. And she yep. has the insight of filling shotgun shells with coins. Yeah. Um, Shoot him with a quarter. Yeah. Great stuff. I found, I found that scene to be pretty well done. I, yeah. I, it's, it's sort of like, you know, like we've been saying throughout this whole thing. It's, like, it's not like there was any doubt as to how it would end. But I still, I thought... Um, kind of the progression, you know, mm-hmm. of it was like just like a well done kind of shootout kind of kind of yeah, scene. like from the moment yeah. that Alme that which is sort of the leader of this little gang of 
human scum. Thugs. Uh, like yeah. when he gets taken in by the, the police or by, you know, a sheriff or whatever, like from that moment, Hanks and the girl like get in their wagon and they go and they're like, because yeah. he's going to get out soon. And as soon as he gets out, we're in trouble. So we yep. better just like hightail it out of here and see if we can just get a big enough lead that he can't find us. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just sort of like from that moment as a viewer, you're like, oh, man. Right. Yeah. Like because if and that's one of those scenes that I think hammers home that that idea is like we are li- literally in a town mm-hmm. right by the sheriff's office and we are deeply skeptical that any of this society that surrounds us is yeah. going to protect us at all. So the only thing that's going to protect us is distance. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of those things where it's like the way that that scene starts, they don't even sit around it. Like, I feel like in a more modern setting, right. Like somebody would, would say like the sheriff will protect us. Right. Or like the, poli- you know, mm-hmm. like he's not going to just burst in here and kidnap you. Like we're in a, right in a civilized society it's like and you know hanks's character in this film captain kidd is like i was under no pretensions of that right yeah it's like nope we're in a cruel and godless world right um yeah Yeah. and so yeah i agree that was an effective like suspense like sequence um and i thought it was well acted i felt like the the baddie like acted bad you know? <laughs> it was like yeah. convincingly bad and, and yeah, scary. Yeah. Um, I thought the way it was shot was sufficiently suspenseful. Um, and then just the little poetic twist of like, shoot this guy with a shotgun shell full of pocket change. Full of nickels. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's pretty, pretty good. Uh, pretty good bit of inventiveness there. Yeah. So that, that was a good scene. Um, any any highlights you want to call out? Uh, I generally um, liked the scenes where Kid would uh, read the news to folks, right? Yeah, yeah, me too. I just Those found them to be like this is what he he does, and he brought um, it. It made me sort of understand like how could this person who is comparatively well educated, well read. Right. How is he connecting with these audiences? Like, it seems really like a foreign idea for Mm -hmm. people to gather in a public space and have somebody just read to them. Right. Right. Like, it's almost like impossible to imagine that today. (laughs) Right. As like a popular thing. Um, Although I suppose like authors do book readings, et cetera. But like, um, but he is such a talented like charismatic performer and is so good and the way it's his character is written. He's so good at sort of speaking to the audience in a way that makes the news he's conveying relate to them. And mm-hmm. the fact that he's got sort of this portfolio of national newspapers and for every town he goes to, he's like, for you, we're yeah. going to read the Houston Chronicle tonight, right? right? Like right. we're going to read the first, you know, and he like knows every Curated. article and every, so he knows kind of what material that audience is going to care about. And just all of those little nuances I thought were really, um, you know, really well done. I think in some ways the one that's supposed to be the, the climactic version of that, right. Mm-hmm. Might've been like the, the one that di- worked for me the least, yeah. Which is where he's in, you know, some that company, weird town, weird yeah. company town. That's like 
the stand-in for the gates of hell, and he's being told, like, read fake news, yeah. right? And he's like, no, I will not I will not read the fake news. Have you, haven't, haven't you seen this movie's title? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to inspire the, the world. people. I'm going to inspire the people instead. Yeah. Um, right. It, it felt a little... Well, I'm, I have mixed feelings about that scene because... I agree that the resolution of him choosing to read, you know, this article that's going to fire up the people and mm-hmm. get them all because you know, of the healing to, power to realize for the first time that they have, <laughs> you know, that they outnumber the their their sort of like right. taskmasters and and can rise up. Um, but I did like. I think that was a really effective scene. Um, when it comes to the point you were making before about Westerns, like um, it, it's, it's kind it was kind of creepy, you know, when he first encounters this group of guys yeah, and, and, and they're like, you know, this path is closed and he's like, is that the law? And they're like, it is here, you know? Right. And, and, and it just kind of helps. I don't know how, you know, how historically accurate it is, but I imagine there were probably plenty of places in that era that were just sort of, very isolated little communities that someone had emerged as the leader, you the know, de facto law. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who could be very tyrannical and could have, you know, some could have some, uh, some like muscle, you know, mm-hmm. that worked for them and could just kind of bully the people of that community. And there was no like federal, you know, agency or, or law enforcement nearby that would do anything about it. It was just, you could be, you could really be unlucky by being in a place like that. Right. Um, and, and I think it also, I think is a great example of what you were saying uh, is also unique about Westerns where the protagonist just has to, you know, feel out the situation and just kind of figure it out on the fly. And, and I liked that, how it was sort of like, all right, they're not going to kill us. They're asking mm-hmm. us to come in. Like, let's just go into this village, you know, and just right. figure it out. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty suspenseful and, you know, but yeah, the way it all got resolved was, uh, was a bit simplistic. I felt. Yeah. I, I was very pro like, I'm generally, I feel like other podcasts we've done reveal this about me. I'm very pro like, mm-hmm turning up the heat on your mm-hmm. heroes, right? And making, like, just making bad situations worse, mm-hmm. right? Um, because that's where they have to be really inventive. That's and they you know, prove themselves as heroes. Yeah. Right, yeah, like, w- win right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think in that particular sequence, like, I liked all of the table setting, right? I was like, yeah. yep, I'm, I'm into this idea of this, of this town, of this awful place, I'm into the idea that he's going to be asked to basically sort of, um, you know, like uh, kind of like cheapen or, you know, like uh, like prostitute his one like professional talent. Right. Mm -hmm. For like sort of nefarious uh, propagandistic reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like the way 
that he he never directly states to uh, Farley is the baddie's name in that sequence. He never states to him like, you know, this is morally wrong what you're asking <laughs> me to do, right? <laughs> Instead, he just sort of like very cleverly uses the crowd to protect him, Yeah, right? Yeah. He's like, I will quickly get them into a state where they want me to be okay, and mm-hmm. I'm going to use that to prevent this baddie from, you know, seeking retribution just long enough that I can skip town. (laughs) Right. Um, so that all like that was, I I understood all of that. Um, it just felt like a little, when I think back on it, it feels a little on the nose (laughs) to me, but, um, but the setting was, yeah, I agree. Setting was very compelling. Um, all right. Any other highlights? Uh, I will say, I mean, while I knew exactly what was going to happen, uh, the sequence when he decides to go back to get Johanna, I'm sort of like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you have to do this, Mm -hmm. right? Like this movie will not work if you do not go back. That'd be crazy if he didn't. (laughs) Right. He goes back and it's like, she died of dysentery. Right. Sorry. The end. That that almost would have been, I will say though, um, I'm not sure how, how it would tie into like what the movie's trying to say, but you know, one of the parts of this movie being so formulaic is that characters act in the way that they have to for the plot to work the way it needs to. So, I guess, in a, I guess what I'm getting at specifically with respect to this scene is the plot needs for the family he drops her off with to be pretty cold yeah. and like clearly not loving towards her. Right. And that's why he needs to go back or that makes it so clear cut that he should go back. Whereas it would have been interesting if they were a super warm and loving family. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is a good healthy home for her and then it would have been interesting for him to make the decision like do i go back or you know again difficult choice for a good man to make if he would say like this is what's best for her even though it's going to be heartbreaking for me to leave Mm -hmm. her right yeah or the movie the movie just gives him a convenient you know choice instead which is like well, you could leave her with these people who clearly don't give a crap about her or, right. or, you know, or do or the you, right thing. Or you could do the right thing. Yeah. Right. Which is also the thing you want to do. Yeah. So. I, I'm just imagining like an alternate version and we're sort of tilting into fix the movie right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I could imagine an alternate version where exactly what you described. It's like, they're a wonderful family and she's very happy. And he realizes that he's like, I need some, you know, I need somebody to love. Right. And like he either, you know, and then I don't know what decision. And he he goes back to the, to the inn, to the woman who runs the inn. (laughs) Right. Or like, no, I mean, but even if he wants to be with Johanna, he's like, I, you know, I love this child and I want them in my life. Right. Like Mm. if I could see a world where he's like, will like where he has to humble can I hang himself out? <laughs> right yeah like can yeah. i please be part of your world right like yeah. um that would be like a very sort of 
humbling, touching thing. Cause he gets to play like proud man. Right. Yeah. At the end yeah. and say like, well, you know, I'm just doing the right thing for this poor defenseless child. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, I mean, to your, I, I agree. It's like, it's more interesting that this is like a, a lonely person who is desperate for, you know, somebody to care for. And, uh, but the movie sort of just is able to get around it and say like, well, he yeah. gets that, but she needs him too. And so she, you know, it's like everybody gets to give him a big thank you at the end where it's like you wish in some ways that he would give her the thank you at the end. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just no real conflict. You know, it's like, right. They don't want her. She wants him to pick her up. He wants to be back with her. It's a very straightforward situation. <laughs> right. You'd have to be like an idiot not to see the correct solution here, you know? Right. right. Um, so, yeah, but I think we're, I think that's a good transition into fix the movie. So your point, you listed it as a highlight because it is heartwarming. It's what you want to see, right? Right. But now let's talk fix the movie. Um, I mean, I think there's all kinds of opportunities like this where you could just add some complexity to the movie, right? By, by making things not so clear cut. I mean, like we talked about his decision to take on this girl and transport her is just a no brainer. He, like you said, he's not a monster. So that's kind of his only real option. So I think introducing some more, some more moral ambiguity along the way of, is he doing the right thing would, would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a more challenging story that would have been more interesting as a viewer is like, what if, I mean, this is totally nuts, but like, what if he was a coward in the beginning of the film? mm -hmm. Right. And like the girl, you know, Al may, comes along and is like, give me the girl or I'll kill you. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Uh, you know, it just something. And then he that, has to like, redeem himself later. And then he has to dig somehow. himself out of the hole. Right? right. Yeah. And that way his like the, the conclusion, you know, any heroics that come from that point forward are all built around like, can he ever make up for this like crucial flaw that he mm-hmm. possesses? Right. But it's like, as a character, he doesn't really have any like moral flaws. Right. Yeah. And it's sort of like, okay, he's going to just do the right thing every time. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what, yeah. What if he was a coward or what if he was uncaring or what if he was, you know, self-interested, like motive. I feel like the most common way that movies do this is, uh, have the person be motivated by money. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, take a very, very different movie. That's kind of the same thing. Extraction. <laughs> right. It's like, mm-hmm. like, you know, his primary motivation for the first two thirds of that movie is like, I just need to get paid. Right? Yeah. I'm just trying to get paid. Right. And it's like, that's not a, um, great flaw, but it's, it's something, right. It's like, okay, yeah. He needs to like overcome, you yeah, know, it it's like the, the character, cl- some sort of arc to go through. Yeah. Right. It's like the classic, like what he wants and what he needs are different things. And so like eventually when the character realizes that what they want is bad and what they need is something else, like that's sort of the interesting dramatic transformation. Right. And this one, like what he wants from the very beginning is practically the same thing he wants at the end. Or actually, that's not totally true. 
What he thinks he wants is to deliver the child to a loving household. And then what he decides he needs by the end is like, actually this child should be in my life. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They just seem too close to each other. Well, I think it's also just like you said, you know, you just see it coming from a mile away. It's like obvious. It's obvious where he's going to end up from the moment he meets this girl. Right. Right. And even even if, you know, forget that we both saw a trailer for the film, so it was even more obvious. But, like, if I was just watching the movie and he meets this girl, it's sort of like that happens, you know, within the first 10 minutes. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I know how this movie ends. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like they're going to get close and then they're going to, he's, he's going to basically become like a father to her. You know what might have been interesting is if, uh, like, he had some reason that she couldn't be with him even though they mm-hmm. both wanted that, mm-hmm. right? Like he realizes that that's the thing that he wants the most, but he's wanted by the law or he's, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's yeah. like, you have to go stay with this family because like as much as I want to, I can't be the person that raises you because, you know, I killed a man in Wichita Falls or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um I just think there's any number of ways that like they could have subverted some aspect to make it a more interesting, surprising ending. But at the same time, this movie yeah. is, I think, designed ultimately to be pretty straight down the middle fair. Pretty much. Um, I have a totally different type of fix the movie, which yeah. is, um, you know, it's funny at the start, you talked about how, okay, that this movie is going to be about the, transforming healing power of stories or whatever. Um, I think that his profession, even though we identified it as one of the most interesting parts, and I agree with you that those scenes were very enjoyable. They seem like, seem like totally superfluous to me. Like yeah, yeah. his profession in this movie has nothing to do with what in my view is the primary story, which is his relationship with this girl. Yeah. And even that scene we're talking about, it's like, yes, maybe they wanted to make this point about, fake news and, you know, like using, you know, the news as a, as a form of manipulation, but like it really felt kind of wedged in there. Like it was really just, just like the shootout with those criminals. It was just like a thing that happened along their journey, like a, like an obstacle that, that it was like one of those just challenges they encountered was they got into this town and then he had to find a way, figure out a way out. And it was just, you know, a stop along the, the way to delivering this girl to the, to the family. And then ultimately realizing he, he viewed her more as like a daughter. Um, and for me, it's just, it feels like it was supposed to be important to the story, but it Mm -hmm. really wasn't, you know, his profession. And so my fix, the movie is, is really identifying a problem and not really offering a solution, but it's just, like that should have been more relevant. I yeah. Think. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be interesting if some conflict near the end of the film actually like what, um, either required like leverage the fact that he knows things that are going on in the world. Right. Right. And allow, you know, you could imagine a situation where he like uses a bunch of information he's gleaned from a bunch of newspapers to say, pretend to be someone. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, oh, I'm so-and-so from this place who like secretly inner monologue because I read about them in the Houston Chronicle, but I have to pretend to be, and I'm going to do this high wire act of impersonating somebody, but I can because I've read the news of the world. Or like another version of this also being relevant would be like, what if during the course, like the news stories he reads are ultimately just sort of a hodgepodge of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. It would be interesting if the movie threaded throughout, like he actually, you know, reads multiple articles that touch on something that's actually becomes relevant toward yeah. the end. And like knowledge of that event is like an important thing that he needs to have in order to solve a problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, I think an example could be there's, there's definitely at least one scene in which tension between North and South is addressed, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the civil war's over, but the South still doesn't, they're, they're not thrilled. You know, they, they, they don't view the North as their friends. They view them as, you know, as you would like a conquering nation. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it feels like that could have been a theme of news that he would have read about. And then there could have been, you know, it could have paralleled like, another plot line of maybe him and an old friend who had some sort of, you know, conflict and making peace with one another. Right. Yeah. Like, like it could have, it could have been like thematically tied to what's happening in the, in the main story or another option would have been like, if, if the theme is, if they're trying to present the theme of, of the, the power of stories, then like that could have been a thing that he and the girl had, like telling each other stories, you know? Right. Um, and it, and it could have hurt. She could have told him stories about like her experiences with the tribe that she grew up with. Right. Or some, and it could have opened his mind somehow, but yeah, they make it tough, but cause she's unable to. Yeah. But the, you know, with- a lot of fluency, right? The the more they travel together, the more she starts to, yeah. They they're they're able to communicate more and more. Um, I just think, yeah, I just think it's it it sort of stands out to me in a weird way. Um, I don't know if it's more so than most movies. I mean, I'm sure this is pretty common, actually, where like a you know choice of like a plot detail or an aspect of a character is basically irrelevant. But I think maybe because it's like the the name, it's <laughs> the, the title, title of the yeah. movie, that I, it just yeah, it just it's it sticks out to me that it's really he could have just been a, you know, he could have been like a cobbler or a anything, you yeah, know? anything where you would travel from town to town or or you sometimes travel, <laughs> you know, right. and it all would have fit just fine with the premise, yeah. yeah. It gave them sort of like an interesting, I I think to your point, like it gave them some interesting settings for him to use that talent in front of a crowd of people. But if you unpack it, it's sort of like, to your point, it doesn't really have much to do with his relationship with her. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the premise for me is that I think the primary story this movie is telling is the story of his relationship with Johanna. Right. And the scenes where he's reading the newspaper, I think, just have almost nothing to do with that. Yeah. So, 
make it have more to do with that. It's my <laughs> suggestion. That's my yeah. fix the movie suggestion. Yep. We did um, it. We did it. Yeah, we fixed it. <laughs> you're, well, uh, you're welcome, screenwriters of News of the World. Go back. Yeah, I mean, we're not even charging for that. Just go yeah. back and rewrite it and we're remake giving- this movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Starring That's Tom right. Hanks. Just because the two of us thought it could have been better for that reason and that reason alone. Do it again, please. You know, I was just going to say, like, has it ever been done? But because it seems like so absurd, but a movie that has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. But, you know, they're they're kind of doing that with Justice League. I don't know if you... Uh, I'd heard this. I'd heard that Zack Snyder was doing a bunch of reshoots to yeah. fill out the movie the way he envisioned. Isn't it. that crazy? I mean, I don't know. I yes. don't know why I'm bringing this up in our News of the World episode, but like they made a movie and then like decided like let's kind of use m- lots of the same footage, exact same cast, same basic story, but just like do it again, right? And like offer a completely alternate version of that. I'm like, that's gotta be like unprecedented. Like <laughs> very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Although I guess that's not entirely because un- we were just talking the other day about the new version of Godfather three that also either yeah. recently came out or is coming out. So I well, guess I, think I don't know. Francis Maybe Ford Coppola specifically is sort of into that. I feel yeah. like he's done that with apocalypse. Now he's done that with mm. Godfathers. That's so right. It's just like, Redux. I forgot about he that. He just goes back into his movies. Like I want to mess with it. George Lucas does that with star That's Wars true. to That's a degree. True. Um, so yeah, okay, it's, I, it's not totally unprecedented then. Yeah, but it's pretty rare, but it's right? not probably not going to happen with news of the world. <laughs> right. Right. I don't think. Yeah. Um, uh, Small crowd clamoring for, a, for all, a redo on this movie. There's that movie, uh, All the Money in the World, mm-hmm. where Kevin Spacey filmed a part, and then they were like, oh, never mind. Right. We need did to it do it again. Plummer. And then Christopher Plummer did the part. Yeah. I guess that's, that's slightly nuts. different to me because that first version never was released. They changed it right. before releasing right. it. Right. Yeah, which is like sort of, reshoots are normal reshoots where you completely redo an entire part that was already fully acted and filmed is yeah I'm sure more unusual yeah but. I that isn't I mean we're now totally off the rails talking about something totally unrelated but <laughs> I would be uh, that is an interesting topic to me like when parts yeah. when they start making the movie and then they're like actually you're not right for this yeah, part we we're gonna drastically start, redo this. like yeah. that famously happened with back to the future right uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. uh famous um with uh, marty right right yeah they had eric stoltz in the michael j fox part and they were like actually That's we really just need this to be michael j fox <laughs> there's literally one person in the entire world who can do this part yeah yeah um and then it happened uh in uh in there will be blood they had somebody else playing the Eli Sunday part. And mm. eventually they were like, let's just have Paul Dano do it. All right. And, and, and he'll be a twin with the other character earlier in the film. <laughs> and I, I still, they've never, I've never heard who that other act, who that original actor was. Oh yeah. Love to see it. If Whoever you could, is there. if, is there, is there any character or actor in this movie who they should just go back and redo it with that person instead? In news of the world? Yes. 
Uh, I don't know. I didn't have any major beefs with any of the performances. Did you? Okay, I have I have a cup. No, I don't. Okay. But I'm just trying to think of what would make a more interesting movie, right? So I will say I definitely thought that the one lead thug was Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, know. yeah, for sure. Does you know kind of look like I'm him. talking about. Yeah, Michael Angelo Covino is his name, so not mm. Oscar Isaac. Um, but yeah, if you had gone back and you refilmed this movie with instead of Tom Hanks in the lead role. Make it Joaquin Phoenix. Mm, mm-hmm. And instead of Helena Zangle. Who? The, the guy from Dune. <laughs> What's his name? Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. Instead of the girl? Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix saving Timothy Chalamet who can't speak English. I think okay, I, I think you've gone I think, a little too far. <laughs> I think that's really, I think I'm really doing my best work right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see Joaquin Phoenix, I think, swapping the girl for <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, who's like in his 20s, I is, think a, is a little different. He can play okay. young. Yeah. Okay. I think this is going to be my, I think this is going to be my evergreen suggestion. Your greatest idea. On. Oh, just uh, that you apply to all movies. Just see, just just replace play the around with it. What if, what if replace and, any character with Timothy Chalamet? Uh huh. Is it more interesting now? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I got a better, even better suggestion. Instead of replacing the girl with Timothy Chalamet, replace Mister Farley with Timothy Chalamet, who's the guy Mr. who's Far- like. Who's like, read my propaganda newspaper. Oh, uh-huh. Sure. Replace him with Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> how about how about replace Tom Hanks with Timothy Chalamet and replace the girl with Tom Hanks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a young, 60-year-old wa- man. Young waifish <laughs> boy needs to somehow... Uh, shepherd a innocent old man. Well, he could play more of like a senile grandfatherly character in that mm-hmm. case. Yeah. He's like lost and needs to yeah. be <laughs> brought to safety yeah. somehow. Okay. Okay. Final proposal. Mm-hmm. Replace both, replace Tom Hanks with Helena Zangle mm. and don't replace <laughs> Helena Zangle. So it's a girl. Just, just do like Invisible Man esque. Like no, no, no. It's a geez. girl who uh-huh. finds uh, someone who looks exactly like her. Oh, I see. Ha- you're you're saying keep her. I mm-hmm. thought you were saying. I thought you were saying have have nobody in that role. Right. So right, right. Have the Helena Zangle occasionally just showing <laughs> just <laughs> scenes with no actor in them. I think what I'm really going Reaction for shots. is like yeah. is like enemy meets right. you know right. enemy by Denis Villeneuve meets like dances with wolves or something. You know what I mean? It's like uh-huh. this weird psychodrama where a person has to like be around themselves all the time, but in like the wide open vistas of the wild west. I think somewhere in here we've probably 
we've cr- probably cracked this movie wide open and really figured out a way to make it a we've a definitely true made jam. something very different and more unique for, <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> all right so uh we've now fixed the movie many times over at this yeah, point we've made a masterpiece um, actually yeah i think that's right um replace ray mckinnon with me uh and so uh now we're on to do beam we it, beam up, it up adam nah no it should be <laughs> there should really be no uh no mystery around whether we would beam it up or not given everything we've set up till now so not beaming it up but you know if uh if you're into this kind of story there's nothing wrong with this movie. Yeah, it's, I think really there's like a simple test, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, do you really like Tom Hanks? Sure. If so, this movie's for you. Yeah. Right? Are you Or do you Luke just kind of like Tom Hanks, but you like, you know, American frontier sort of movies? Also check it out. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, those, one of those two things for, will get you If you like through. the costumes... You know, yeah. Do you like you like wagons? Do you like the Wild West? Go for it. Do you like Tom Hanks? Go for it. If you don't Mm -hmm. like the the Wild West or Tom Hanks, Mm, probably pass it up. Probably just watch that thing you do again. No, No, (laughs) different movie with Tom Hanks. Different movie with Tom Hanks. Um, These are the only choices you have. Just watch Sound of Metal in that case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always watch Sound of Metal. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, thanks for listening, folks. I think we're done here. Yeah, we're not being up news of the world. And join us next week when we talk about a different movie. A different movie. Mm -hmm. Every time. All right, that's it. I'm Adam. I'm Dan. Bye. (laughs) Bye.